The Dragon Red is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. Did you know that the town of Amarillo, Texas was actually founded by an armadillo named Amarillo Armadillo? Or he went by a Spanish name, which was Amarillo Armadillo. <laughs> I did not know that. For more armadillo facts, to find out how you can access episodes a day early, and to check out our sweet merch and our other podcasts, visit us at armadillo.club. Time turns and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become podcasts. Hello there, welcome to The Dragon Reread. We're rereading Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series of fantasy novels. I'm Jeff Lake. I'm Alice Sullivan. And I'm Micah Sparkman. And today we're covering chapters 4 through 6 of A Memory of Light, book 14 of The Wheel of Time. Previously, the dragon has gathered his armies on the field of Marilor, so everyone knows what time it is. Time for relationship stuff, you know? <laughs> uh, the dragon and the wolf exchanged some hot gossip. Who's so hooking up with who? Who got eaten by a trollop? The fate of the capital of Andor? You know, just bro talk. <laughs> Speaking of Andor, Elaine finally learns about what's been going down in Camelin, and she actually handles it surprisingly well. I would have said it was a coin flip on whether Elaine tried to pull a stunt like Rand did with that Borderland city and solo an army of uh, Shadowspawn, but I guess she's finally cooling down. Uh, it's all helping refugees and strategic retreats and stuff. So we'll see if that sticks. I don't know. But over in the Black Tower, Androl and Pavara get real intimate and do some experimentation, if you know what I mean. They end up double reverse water bonding each other and team up to solve this Black Tower problem, starting with an ambush of Tame's men. Pavara with her experience fighting Chandlers, Androl with his stick, and they are a force <laughs> to be reckoned with. And hopefully they can learn something useful from their new captives. Yeah, Androl doesn't just have the stick. He's really good at making gateways when gateways aren't blocked. <laughs> That's right. Like, if there were gateways, like, oh, man, he'd be making gateways all the time. But right now, gateways, you know, yeah. not on the table. It's like, it's kind of a bummer. It's like your, 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 your talent is hammer hands, right? And then, like, somebody takes all the nails out of the world. <laughs> That's a good analogy. I like that. Yeah, yeah thanks. It's true. I've often felt that way. Yeah. <laughs> Chapter four. Advantages to a bond. Like another dragon's fang. So... Uh, Pivara and Androl open up to each other. Yeah, they're having some bonding time. Yeah, they, you, you can tell this is a Brandon Sanderson chapter because there's a man and a woman talking to each other. It's it's true. Androl doesn't once think like, oh, I guess bitches all be like that. Yeah. <laughs> and Pivara's not like, you stupid moron. Why do Jews always thinking with their dicks? You know, yeah. that's great. Uh, she talks about her family's murder, which is not something she likes to talk about. But I guess yeah. this is one of the reasons she's such a good dark friend hunter, right? I, I believe this is why they tapped her in the beginning. Yeah, that's what she said from the beginning. That's what explained why she was a red. Not that she hated dudes, but because dark friends murder her family. Right. Yeah, and she just hates dark friends so much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Andrel uh, opens up too and talks about how his dad killed himself because he was going mad from taint sickness. Yeah. So, wow. That's a kind of a downer conversation, honestly. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. I guess it's hard not to get into to your, your dark past when you, you're double brain bonded and you can hear each other's thoughts all the time. <laughs> that's true. Fair enough. So then Amaran shows up. Oh, yeah, yeah, I wanted to point oh. out that they're having this long conversation, and those two dudes that Androl clocked with the stick uh-huh. are still down. Uh-huh. They're still laying there, uh-huh. presumably face down. That sure. is so bad for you, <laughs> if I know anything from Archer. Yeah, I'm not a doctor, but I'm pretty sure that they're dead as hell. <laughs> yeah, like, there's this whole this whole trope of, like, like clonking someone on the head and knocking him out. That is, like, really, really bad for you. Like, if you if you get knocked out from a head, a head trauma, yeah, odds are that you're... Uh, you're not in good, not in good shape, you know. Yeah. Especially if you're out for that long, right? 
Right. It's been a while. Yeah. He he does a little like weave to to put like I guess a, a, an alarm on their eyelids just to, <laughs> just in case. But yeah, like I, I don't think you need that, man. Yeah. <laughs> those, those eyes are shut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. But yeah, like you said, then Emmerin shows up. Uh, he comes in and does kind of a cool interrogation of Dobser, the drunk, evil guy. Yeah, I mean, like, they're like, oh, he has interrogation skills. They're like, oh, is it torture time? But no, he takes a kind of a novel approach. He gets them all drunk and, like, uh, chatty, and then... Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. tells him, he's like, oh, this is all a big misunderstanding. Actually, I want to join Tame. Can you help me join Tame by telling me exactly where my former boss is? <laughs> <laughs> And, and and he he does yeah he super does yeah, yeah. tells him Locaine's location which is a uh, in he's in the process of being turned but I guess it takes a while yeah because he's 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 because he's Loghain. he's got super willpower or whatever right it's funny because uh, their plan is like a very naive plan right <laughs> they're like okay we're gonna make a plan to rescue him what we're gonna do is we're gonna get a gang together and we're gonna attack the tower it's like okay okay yeah that's yeah, the, that's, that's the, the plan, plan huh yeah, what what if there are guards there. We get him. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's there. We're gonna kill him. And sure enough, no. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's that's how Nynaeve would do it, and uh, I mean, it works out great for her. So you know. Right. Yeah. We'll we'll see how it works out for them. Yeah. Then we see Rand and Moradin having a nice little dream chat. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, just like you do with your arch nemesis, just walking and talking. You know. Yeah. They're, so they're still connected in some way that neither of them really understands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is. This is an interesting. This is an interesting scene, honestly, because, I mean, they're so they're in a dream shard, which is something that Morden builds yeah. to trap people sometimes. But in the Morden essentially says like, I just knew that if I built this, you would show up, which I guess is a connection thing, right? Yeah, they have the same dreams or something, or they, I don't know, Siamese mind twins or something, right? I, I don't know. I I think maybe Morden has more knowledge of what's going on here than. Rand loose there and does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it seems like, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, like it's 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 not, it doesn't start contentious at least. It mm-hmm. eventually gets there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, but when the conversation does turn, Rand just t poses in dominance. You know, he, he puts his arms out. And oh, like, yeah, check this out. <laughs> sun rises behind him. Yeah. Plants start blooming. He uses his spring powers to to affect the dream and make spring come in the dream. And Morden's like, that's in impo- up. Uh, and then he pulls the he pulls the hard line out of his modem, <laughs> like, just cuts the line. Like, nope, gone. Yeah, this is freaking me out. Yeah, it's a pretty good power move. Yeah. And then back to Pivara and Andral. Yeah, back to Pivara and Andral, who lead a stealth mission to rescue Loghain in the half-built foundation of the Black Tower. Yeah. Uh, Pivara is somewhat surprised that the Ashamen just murderfy everybody that gets in their way. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> you know, they're scoping the place out, there's a couple guards, and then the other Ashamen show up and just zap them in the head. Yeah, like with like fire blast in their brain or something. Yep, no more. Yep. She's like, oh yeah, that's what these guys do all the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's kind of funny because the, like, the, the quote-unquote guards are like trying to act casual. They're like hanging out. Just chatting in the rain in the middle of the night. It's like, yeah, <laughs> sure. Yeah. That's yeah. not suspicious. Very cool, guys. Yeah. Uh, one of the Ashaman kills one of the dude, one of the other Ashaman with a bow. Yeah. Yeah. All I could think was like, once they figure out the whole 13 Ogier light conversion <laughs> thing, they're going to be real sad that they killed all these guys. Right? Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're people would be like, oh, is there anybody else left over that we could turn? And they're like, nope. Nope. Yeah. yeah they, got them all. Yeah. <laughs> Nope, they're all gone now. Let's just build up those foundations. Don't need to, to worry about that. <laughs> yeah, oh, just, just cement it right over. There's nothing down there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, but yeah, this, this whole mission's kind of awful. Like, everything's, like, pouring rain. They're, like, like 
slogging through the, the muck. It's just yeah, cold and, and wet. Yeah, and Pavar keep kind of a running dialogue in their heads because they're just like talking to each other with their brain. Yeah. Which is actually kind of cool. It is kind of cool. Yeah. And, and Andrel, of course, continues to prove himself of all like these random skills he has. He's like, oh yeah, I was uh, I was trained as a scout and that's why I know that like we can track him this way. And <laughs> I know what these signs are. And he like, he picks the lock when they get to the, the cells. It's <laughs> yeah, like, dude, this guy. She's going to be like, oh, I got a hole in my sock. And they're like, let me darn that for you. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I apprenticed to a weaver you know, <laughs> for right. a couple of years. Yeah, it's a long story. I don't like to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> but they finally get to Loghain, who's being held in a tiny dungeon cell. And, but they're got. They're ambushed by tame and friends who catch up to them. And they have a brief little fight where they blast each other, but then the, the, the dungeon caves in around them, and that's the last we see. It seems like Andrel's about to do something, though. That's what, what's interesting, because Andrel's been, been essentially saying that even though this Dream Spike is, thing is, is going on, he, he has this feeling that he's on the verge of being able to do it anyway. And I wonder, I wonder yeah. yeah, is he going to find a way to, to sort of like bypass the Dream Spike? That's a good question, yeah. I mean, maybe, I guess he could find a way to go into Teleron Riyadh. I guess he could... Maybe just learn skimming. Yeah. No skimming. I wonder. Yeah, I'm not sure what. Wait, isn't isn't skimming blocked by the dream spike? Or I no? forgot. Yeah, yeah, I didn't read the manual. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's written on the side of the football thing. <laughs> you can do this and this, but not this. <clears throat> yeah. So I guess they're dead. Yep. That's the end of that story. Totally what dead. Happened? Yeah. What, like what happened to Mac that one time when they dropped a building on him? Right. Yeah. Just Gonzo. Oh, yeah. Flat Matt for flat like Matt. two books. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Flat Andrel. Flat Flat Pavara. Pavandrel. Pavandrel. Andrara. And, and, I think Pavandrel is pretty good. Pavandrel is pretty good. Flat Pavandrel. I mean, they're going to be an item, right? Clearly. Of course oh, they are. They already like, are. There's, there's sparks here, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. absolutely. They're, they're like, they have the grudging mutual respect, and that's definitely going to go to Bone Town any, any minute now. <laughs> yes. Chapter 5. To require a boon, icon of the Aiel. Uh, Ran and Avienda share a post revelry shower. Yeah, this is this is pretty cool. The first I mean, shower in three thousand years. <laughs> it's not just a shower. It's like uh, it's like a soapy jacuzzi bubble shower. The coolest thing ever, you know. Yeah, that he's like, check out what I know how to do. Because he wakes up in a good mood yet for for some reason something he did last night put him in a really good mood, right? Huh, yeah, like, he knows. He's all like relaxed. Yeah, he takes like a deep breath. He's like, man, this fresh air reminds me of like when I first you know he woke up on the farm and everything was like a bright new world. Yeah. So uh, yeah, he just got super laid. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and you know that puts a spring in anyone's step, and it's a good thing too because he's got a big day ahead of him, and uh, we, we can just say that Avienda did the world a service here. You know, she did. Yeah, yeah. not just ran a service. Yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> you just chilled the brother out you know yeah uh but after their jacuzzi shower thing uh she does uh have some strings attached to that that like mega bone session from last night <laughs> yes yeah she requests a boon from him but yeah. won't tell him what it is yeah which it's, honestly yeah. like red flag don't don't agree to that yeah, yeah. but you know i mean like it's you know how it goes right yeah yeah sometimes you're just not in a clear state of mind <laughs> right and he's so he's like yeah sure of course anything yep and, and then, she's like, good. Actually, she kind of hints that she doesn't even know what she's going to ask for because she doesn't know what he's going to do. Right? Yeah, right. So she's she's going to, basically, she knows she needs to alter this meeting somehow. Right? Yeah. yeah. My boon will require you to change your plans, perhaps in a drastic way, and it will be important. But she says she doesn't know what it is yet. Yeah. 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 And Rand's like, after the work you put in last night, whatever you got, <laughs> you got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so I was wondering, I was thinking about this, and I'm still I'm still thinking about it now, like... Obviously, this is this is her play to to save the Aiel, but it it depends on if we're talk, dealing with like a deterministic future or not, right? 
Like, yeah. is this the thing that she that she does that breaks the IL? I don't know. I wonder. Right? Yeah. Like, this is... He'll be like, yes, I, I will grant you this boon, but only if you name your kid this one thing that you don't want to name your kid. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Could be. Yeah, I... I I guess I, I feel like just from a meta narrative standpoint, it probably is not a deterministic future where the Aiel are doomed to dishonor and death because that seems pretty 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 bleak, pretty grim. Yeah, yeah. but I mean the wheel wills is the we 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 well <laughs> shit the wheel weaves is the wheel wills. You know what I mean? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, the wiggly wheel you know wobbles yeah, so and wobbles. So the wheel gave her that vision. Yeah. So, so that it could weave, weave differently. I hope. Yeah. I hope so, because otherwise the Shanchen win and fuck the Shanchen. Yeah, fuck the Shanchen. Indeed, that's that's, that's the true message of the Wheel of Time. Fuck the Shanchen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. So then Egwene and Gwyn uh, head to the general meeting along with almost all the other rulers of the entire world that aren't yeah. the Shanchen. How oh, about that? But she has a dream. A cap. Sorry, a dream. Right. <laughs> uh, with a light column in a crystal world that she's trying to keep from breaking. Yeah, that seems pretty straightforward, right? Yeah. Well, I wonder. Yeah. What is? I mean, it's it's about the world, right? Like a, a big to... a big world that she's putting ropes around and it's breaking apart. And she's trying to hold it together. I mean, but I don't know if that's even a degree. Yeah, I don't like, get that symbolism. That's just was, how she sees herself. I was wondering about the pillar of uh, of uh, frozen glass, though. Yeah, like a column of frozen light. That's interesting. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that's Rand. Could be Rand. Yeah, that's a good point. It could be Rand. Because he, uh, he's very like. He's as much like a column of light as anybody in the books right now. Especially right now, right? Yeah. yeah. And also when she first wakes up, Gwyn is going through her mail. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, come on, man. You know? And she's like, Gwyn, you know, that's that's sweet of you, but isn't that treason? Like, <laughs> I just read the one. Yeah. I, I, I thumbed through all of them, read them just a little bit till I found the one about Camelin. To, to be honest, he probably just skimmed them all looking for his own name. <laughs> that's a good point. Probably. That's the way to get, get Gwyn's attention, like write his name in big letters on it somewhere. Yeah. Gwyn. Uh, but yeah, he does get a report about Camelin, and it's limited, but the news is very bad. Like hundreds of thousands of people dead, potentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, which so, I didn't, uh, I guess I didn't realize the scope of how bad it was, but it makes sense. Yeah, super sucks a lot, right? The whole city burned. Yeah. Awful. Yep. But yeah, as you mentioned, no time for that. Rand's big meeting is coming up. Yeah, they're with all the rulers of the world. Yeah. Uh, Egwene is counting her supporters to help her against Rand. And uh, I, I forgot that the Amarlin seat, that the Amarlin seat is like a pope. Because all the rulers come and they're kind of expected to kiss her ring and everything. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good analogy. Like the, if you think of like the Aes Sedai and the White Tower is like the, the ancient Roman you know, Catholic Church or whatever. Yeah. That, that, that kind of works. Yeah, they don't, um, and th- traditionally, they don't have an army, sort of like the Pope in the last few hundred years doesn't have an army. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but he's got you know mystical powers and this this sort of like extra governmental influence. Uh, and and she, the, I said, I live for hundreds of years just like the Pope. <laughs> exactly <laughs> the same thing. Exactly the same thing. Uh, but yeah, the, I, I found this part again uh, a little frustrating because she's thinking about like. Thinking about the, this opposition that she's establishing, and it never crosses her mind to support Rand. That, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Like it, she's even even when she admits that that maybe what he's trying to do is the right thing, she won't admit that he should be the one to make that decision, which is yeah. frustrating. Like like she's uh, she's thinking that how about she's going to be demand to be in charge of his armies and how she's going to demand control of the seals, and I'm just like, okay, good luck. You know, I don't know. Yeah. And then Rand shows up to the empty field, and this guy can put on a show. Oh, I know. Yeah. This, is cool. this, this is so good. He, he shows up late, because, like, that's, you know, of course. Sure, yeah. Fashion movie, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's like, the 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 greenery, or, like, everything is turning green around him. And Egwene's like, 
I should find out how he's doing that. I was like, I'm sorry, Egwene. That's, that's yeah, not something you're going to be able to, to, to do. Yeah, that's that. Good luck with he's that. He's operating on a different channel, Egwene. Yeah, yeah. But I love how he shows up with all the tent in a big bundle and he just like wills this giant pavilion into existence and like unfurls itself and, and puts it, sets itself up with like globes of magical light in the corners. Yeah, like as he's just walking, like he's just walking and it's happening yeah. behind him. It's like, oh, that's, oh. that's, that's sweet. That's yeah. Baller move, Rand. It's baller pretty move. cool. Yeah. So she's setting herself up to like kind of do politics and oppose him at this meeting but it is really hard to argue with a guy who controls the weather <laughs> uh-huh <laughs> yeah like he, he walks in a column of like of sunlight among a stormy among stormy clouds like yeah, that just sort of puts a thumb on the scales in his favor right? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah right like I mean it's hard to compete with that Egwene hard mm-hmm. to compete with that um but yeah like so so Roadrun also shows up and of course Egwene takes a minute to fuck with him it's like Hey, you know, I've heard you've consolidated things. You're welcome. And, mm-hmm. you know, she didn't have anything to do with that, but, yeah. like, she makes him think. But when but when Rand sees him, something very interesting happens. Yeah. Did y'all catch this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, 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 all the Ashaman, like, kind of go alert when Rodran shows up, and, and Rand walks up to him and stares at him and goes, Who are you? And Rodran's like, Oh, the, the, the Rodran. <laughs> <laughs> so who did, who do you think he thought he was? Demandry. That's what I thought. I was Scotty. thinking. It's got to be Demand. He thought he was Demand. He's the only missing person, right? Yeah. And we still don't really know where Demandred is. Yeah, we don't. And so I guess Rand thought that Roadrun was Demandred, because that's what Demandred does. He sets himself up in a position of power. Right. And uh, oh, he's, Ravin was the guy in Camelin, yeah. Yeah. So Demandred just, we have no idea. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he, he was tame up until recently. <laughs> right. Right. Until tame became tame. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I wonder. Yeah, I... I I mean, there's a lot of places he could be, but at this point, it's hard to say. What other named character isn't, like, isn't here? <laughs> or a powerful named character. Right, right, like, all the kings are here, right? And none of them seem to be evil at this point. Yeah, and, you know, like, he's not... I don't think Tuon has any notable... I mean, maybe she, he's that one general that Tuon has. Remember that guy that, like... Oh, the guy with the G name. Yeah. yeah who, who rose to power because Gagarin of, like, or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's always like, I could try and take power from you, but I choose not to. But, I mean, probably not, because there's already a Shan-Shan Forsaken, and they don't work together, right? It's true, but I guess they probably cross the stream sometimes, accidentally. Yeah, I suppose so. Stepping the, each other's foot. The only other thing I can think that is is maybe, uh, what's it, Shara? Oh, yeah, the other place. Yeah. Hey, what about them? Is this, is, this is the council to determine how the, the world order will be for all time. What but about those people? It's really just the con- that one continent. This whole this whole Plus thing is very like Western viewpoint, right? Like, no kidding. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Like like this is this sort of like I guess we'll get into this, but it's like he's setting up the EU, you know? Oh yeah, I was I was like yeah, I was like EU, NATO, I mean whatever this <laughs> yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. So yeah, he, so yeah, I, I think he thought he was Demandred, but he's definitely not, which means I have no idea who Demandred is. Yeah, I have no idea, and Roadrun is just some guy. Yeah, just some just some well, kind of, some king. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not a very good king. He's like a like a third tier king. I really like this guy. Yeah. <laughs> really? For the little screen time he's had because he shows up and he's just a dick to everybody. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, oh, I'm here to meet this so-called dragon. Like, you guys are all so stupid. He's not the real dragon. <laughs> it's like, dude, where like, have you like, been? Did you not see the weather? <laughs> What's going on? Yeah. But it's it's implied that he's a lot cannier than he lets on to this like like kind of intentionally like kind rude, of plays the asshole. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like a game that he's playing to mess with people. I thought that was entertaining. And he has cons- consolidated a lot of power in, in Mirandi, which is a thing that, like, because it's another of those places where it's like kind of a city-state situation. Lugard yeah. was kind of its own deal. But yeah. but I, wasn't he the one who hired 
the band of the red hand to, to yeah. be an opposition force. Yeah, that was him. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, so you know, he's not 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 an idiot, right? It seems like Rand discounts him though. He's like, "Are you? Are you? No, you're not. You're just an <laughs> asshole." Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, yeah. At the end of the day, Rand doesn't care about like stupid polit- politicians, right? He's like, "I'm looking for you know the, yeah, the, know, the murder right? wizards." The real deal. Yeah. Um, so then Rand presents the Dragon Constitution. Yeah, it's it's funny because he's like. So 3,000 years ago, we kind of fucked this up, right? Like, we were really bad at this job, so we're going to do it better this time, you know? Because mm-hmm. teamwork. That's <laughs> sort of thing. Isn't it more like a dragon Magna Carta? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. Although there's some, there's some interesting bits in it, right? Because it, it, like the Magna Carta kind of weakened, if I remember correctly. I mean, not that I was there. I mean, remember from my classes. <laughs> we know you're old, Jeff. You're not that old. <laughs> it weakened the power of the king, right? It, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it made it, things more democratic. It gave rights, basically, to the, to the nobles. Yeah. So this is kind of the opposite of that. Well, it's, it, it, I, I, like I was thinking, it's sort of like it's like a it's like a it's got elements of trade agreement. It says like ter- like limits on tariffs, and it's also like setting borders. So like like it's so a, it's like Dragon NAFTA. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> but it's also got like um like a defense component where it's like no you know if anyone attacks one of these countries, all the other countries are yeah. going to defend them. You know that which, which is Dragon NATO. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, Dragon NATO, Dragon NAFTA. Slash uh, Dragon League of Nations. Right. Yeah. yeah. The Dragon yeah. Peace. Is called, what yeah, called. the Dragon's Peace. And yeah, so there, there, there are three rules. The first one is no war, no economic war or literal war. Borders are fixed the way they are right now. And schools, there has to be a school in every capital. Yeah. Which is open to everyone, which I was yeah. like, all right, that's pretty rad. Right, yeah. yeah. They've already started doing this, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and the lords hate this. They're like, what? No, we love making war. Oh, no, I know. I, I, this, this, whole, this whole thing was like, oh, okay. I see. I see. Yeah, the, like just, um, what was it? There was one line. Or what if some people from our country do be living across the, the border? Do we not have a mandate to step in and protect them if they do be oppressed. I was like, whoa. <laughs> whoa. <laughs> that sounds real familiar right now. Yeah, that's... that's Yikes. Uh, ripped uh, from the headlines. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, oddly prescient, prescient, but... But yeah, I mean, like... Uh, but he's, he's right, right? Like, these these border... Actually, I don't know. Because in our world, like, kind of the borders are all sort of lines on a map that were... A lot of them were just written by people that were... That aren't really connected with any even geographic feature, much less demographic feature. So the border... There's, like... The borders don't match up with, like, the groups of people they're all mixed together in many cases the borders cause more issues than they solve right yeah but, yeah. but uh in this world it's the borders seem to have more or less cultural lines right well it's a little i think it's a little anachronistic which is a weird thing to say about something that happens thousands of years in the future or whatever yeah right <laughs> and the past and a million times but these countries should all be basically city states right they don't they don't really have lines on a map that are the borders mm-hmm. there's like camelin and the area close to Camelon that they control, and the area kind of in between Camelon and Kyrian, which are mostly like locally controlled. They don't have a lot of sway over, and it's not it's not a hard line. That's a good point. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think a lot of these monarchs would argue that the lines are 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 hard. And I, 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 there's a whole thing. I think it's with uh, Elaine and one of her border was it Arafel? One, one of their border countries. Uh, where it's like real tense because it was Murandi. It was a Murandi. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. Maybe you're right. Um, where yeah, the border like goes back and forth because they just they're sort of always fighting. Right. So I mean, yeah. I I, I mean maybe, yeah. Although, though they have ideas what the borders are, maybe they're not that not that concrete. Anyway, well, uh, they're gonna be concrete now. Yeah. Well, well also uh, Elaine, one of the biggest complainers, <laughs> recently acquired another country. Yeah. It's sort of like yeah, another country that. Everybody's like not entirely sure that she'll be able to hold. Yeah. Only now they're like, okay, freeze it, freeze it right now, <laughs> lock it down. But Elaine's like fighting it anyway. I don't know. Yeah. 
And their uh, item two is that Rand is going to break the seals. Um, and he's, he's like, I don't really need your permission. I'm just saying this as a courtesy, right? Because yeah. this is this is the deal. Is you let me do this in exchange for me dying for your sins or whatever. <laughs> right. And, and you know, the at this point, the rulers are all grumbling about that. So it's just kind of him and Egwene going back and forth on this. Yeah. And the rulers don't care about that at all. No, no. They're like, whatever. I'm, I'm going to break the seals and free the Dark One. And you're like, yeah, but what if I want to lead a raid in my neighbor's country? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Egwene yeah. does not like that, though. Oh, you know, she pisses me off. I, you didn't make a request. You didn't make a demand. You came, told me what you were going to do, and walked away. Who cares? Like, talk it out, guys. Well, yeah. I, I mean, okay. I, I, I agree that Egwene is being irritating here, but her the case that she makes is not entirely bullshit, right? She's like, okay... You can do this crazy thing that may or may not work, or we can do this thing that we know works and it'll just delay the inevitable for a few hundred years. And and like maybe that's not so bad such a bad thing to like yeah. to delay the, the the last battle until they're not a bunch of crushed nations. You know, if they if they have three hundred years to to build their power and technology and then it happens, maybe it's not the end of the world, you know? That's right? somebody else's problem. Yeah. Actually, well, well it wouldn't be because I said I live a super long time. Yeah, Rin might still be alive in 300 years, you know? Yeah, Egwene might still be alive. Well, yeah. Probably, right? Yeah. She's al- young. Almost certainly, especially if they figured out that Othron thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean... Yeah, and, and Rand's plan... I'm going to break the seals. I'm going to go in there and I'm just going to kill the dark one. Oh, I know. I know. I, like, I got like a power rot sword. It can't be broken. I'm going to stab him. <laughs> I know. Like we were joking about this on the cover. It's like Rand's plan is to sword fight the dark one. But like, that's not that far off with what it's, he says, right? Close, yeah. He's like, here's the deal. I'm going to break the seals and I'm going to go fight him. I was like, And, and she's Dude. like, are you sure that's going to work? And he's like, yeah, 60-40. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm not super sure, but hey, you know, you know it might. Wouldn't it be cool if it did? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, like. Again, Egwene is irritating me here, and I love Egwene, as you know. Uh, she's irritating me here, but like, on the other hand, she makes a really solid point here. Because Rand's basically like, I'm going to go kill God, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and Egwene, kind of, I don't think she has accepted the fact that he doesn't need her permission to do anything, right? That's true, yeah. Shocking. That the reason he's doing all this is to prevent internal strife, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and the, the dragon's piece... If the other ruler, I mean, like we understand why monarchs would be opposed to it, but monarchs monarchs are not necessarily like always uh, thinking with the people's best interest at heart, right? Indeed. So, uh, so the dragon's piece is is probably a net good for the whole world as far as all that goes, but you know. Yeah. Um, so point the third. Yeah, item three <laughs> is yeah. that Rand is in charge of all the troops at the last battle, and like honestly, yeah, right. Like, like I get why the lords are opposed to this because they all want to you know maintain their power, but like. You need a central ruler or a central general for this. You yeah. absolutely do. Yeah. yeah, you need you need your Eisenhower here. That's the you know commander in chief. Yeah, if, if every every uh, nation's king is commanding their own armies, it's going to be a clusterfuck, right? Yeah, and after this, they they kind of like they kind of are mixed about this, but they, this doesn't bother them nearly as much as the whole you can't start wars thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's that's the one they really care about. It's like making the beds when a house is on fire. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious, though, when he says, I, I will command all of your armies, does that include the Aes Sedai? Because Elaine thinks, excuse me, Egwene thinks to herself that the White Tower doesn't have an army because every Aes Sedai is a soldier. Yeah. But, so. they, but they do have an army. It's there. They've got, right, Gareth Bryan and his army. Right? Oh, fair enough. Okay. So, I mean, so I, I think she thinks that, but I don't know. 
she may still be thinking of herself as being separate from the rules. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right, yeah. I'm, I'm just curious if that includes <laughs> telling the Aes Sedai what to do. That's a good question. I, bet, I mean, in, for the purposes of fighting, it's got it, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, if they're fighting in the last battle, they are, for all intents and purposes, mm-hmm. another, asp- another kind of soldier, right? right? And he is the oldest living Aes Sedai, right? That is it's true. true. Hey, and by uh, Aes Sedai rules, he's also probably the most powerful, right? And that's oh, true. He's the strongest. Yeah, he's certainly stronger than Egwene, and that's how they determine power, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Maybe they yeah. should just this is this is Rand's mistake. They should just have like a power thumb wrestle, and and prove that he's stronger than her, and then she'll just fall in line. That's what Aes Sedai always do. <laughs> that's yeah. Right. Uh, so this whole deal is, yeah, this reminded me of a lot of things, right? Like it reminded me of the setup of the EU, like sort of freeze all the borders in place and, and create like with the idea that you create open trade and that binds all the country's economies together and then they don't want to fight anymore which you know sort of kind of maybe works yeah I mean sort of yeah yeah uh, but also it all reminds me of the period before the world wars when all the nations were like they had all these treaties supposedly to to for mutual defense so that when when two of them got in in a in a war all the other ones got pulled into this giant war and it was like the worst war ever. Well, I mean, uh, the, we get there too. Like uh, Elaine mentioned something along those lines, and I'm not entirely opposed to like what she. I wonder. But, yeah, Egwene yeah. and Rand argue fiercely about it, and they start calling each other like two rivers' names. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Really you wool-headed sheep herder. You know, <laughs> why are you being such a brat? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it finally quiets down a little bit, and Rand then turns up the Tavaren juice. You know, he's just yeah. like. I'm willing this to be a thing. It, like, gets dark outside or whatever. Right, yeah. And Wayne's like, oh, shit, that's going to work. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. You know, because, like, when he needs something to happen, it tends to happen. Yeah, but she she says she's going to fight him. Yeah. Which I wonder if she'll go to war with the dragon on the eve of the last battle. Yeah, she she uh, she does, like, a, a power play at the end there, and it, it, it actually kind of works. It, it breaks the negotiations apart. But I think that's not really what she wanted. She wants him to... She wants him to negotiate with her. She doesn't want him to walk away from the table. Right, yeah. And but he's they, about to walk away from the table. Yeah, they're super frustrated. Yeah, he's about to walk away because he says this is the deal. It's like he has to go die for them, and this is the deal that he requires. This is what he requires from them for, in exchange for that. Yeah. yeah. And he says he won't do it otherwise. Uh, I mean, so he, he literally starts to walk away from the table when. When. when dun, dun, dun. A surprise visit from. Moraine! Yay! Oh, shit. Oh, she could always make an entrance, can't she? I know, right? <laughs> yeah, like, in the next chapter, Perrin, like, kind of suspects that she's been sitting outside listening, waiting for the right minute. Just a minute. <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely a thing that she would do. We know that's one of her magic powers, is, is eavesdropping. <laughs> that's yeah. right. That's true. Chapter 6. A knack. Like another staff? What is that? Uh, it, yeah, it looks like a, it looks like a stick. It's a stick. And I've been to sore leaves, right? Can I look it up? Yeah. It says Moraine used it in the Eye of the World. Cool. Yeah, so you're right. It was Moraine's staff. Okay, yeah. I, the, okay. I can know the staff of Moraine. And I think those are Avendisaur leaves, right? Yeah, they look like that. But yeah. there's a lot of these things have Avendisaur leaves on them. They're, yeah. they're not that special. No, no. They're <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. So everyone is shocked and gladdened to see Moraine, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, like... Everybody I, tries to contain their shock except for Perrin, who, like, literally lets his mouth hang open. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's funny, because Moraine has been uh, pretty high up on, on his little uh, dead women list. Yeah. For, like, a long time, you know? Like, what's the procedure for getting someone off that list? Uh, I mean, them showing up at your, your meeting is pretty, pretty, pretty yeah. going to do it, right? Uh, and Perrin thinks... 
oh man, Nynaeve is super shocked right now. <laughs> the know. light willing, Nynaeve would stay that way for a little while. Shouting at Moraine wouldn't help right now. Oh my god, this is gonna go off. You, you know, Moraine's been gone for so long, I honestly don't remember if I liked her or not in the early books, but like, I sure do like her in this chapter. She's <laughs> yeah. great. Yeah, I, I liked her. I thought she was a good antagonist. Yeah, so like, she was, she didn't feel like the good guy, right? Like she was, Yeah, that's, that was what was cool about her. Like, yeah. I, I liked how she was she was righteous, but not always, like, on your side. Yeah. I do remember that. But she's been... Was it book four when she got zorched? Book five? Book five. At the end of book five, because that was it was the end of Battle of Kyrian. Uh, when she got melted into portal goo. Yeah. So, yeah, Maureen comes in and enjoys her grand entrance. Yeah. You know, picks everybody's jaws up off the floor. Yeah. Uh, and Hugs. <laughs> yeah. Even Nynaeve is happy to see her. Like, I was, yeah. I was like, oh, oh, Nynaeve has really, really come a long way. Yeah. She has. Yeah, because I, I do remember how Nynaeve used to feel about Maureen, and that was like a lot of Abraka face punch stuff, yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> it's like, when I see her again. Yeah, the first thing I'm going to do is break her stupid little nose. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Nynaeve is happy to see her too, which, I, yeah, speaks to how Nynaeve has changed, for sure. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't know. I give it like an hour before she's screaming at her again. Oh yeah, I, I mean, like, doesn't she say? Doesn't she like mutter something like "I hate her" under her breath after she hugs her or something like that? <laughs> yeah. Um, Egwene tries to enlist Moraine onto her side. Oh, I know. Like Egwene, like you can. I, I think Perrin mentions that when Egwene sees her, she smell she smells satisfied or self satisfied or something like that. What you know, Egwene thinks, oh, obviously Moraine's going to back my play, right? Which yeah. is, I think emblematic of Egwene's biggest flaw, which is like her arrogance. The the fact that she thinks she's the smartest person in the room. She respects Moraine, so she's like, oh, Moraine's gonna do the same thing I'm gonna do. Absolutely, yeah. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. Yeah. But Moraine shows up, she reads the dragon's piece and starts quoting the spookiest parts of the Karathian cycle. I know. (laughs) She is keeping that mysticalness going. Like, uh, this is awesome, but she is not lowering the temperature in this room. I know. I actually wanted to read this. So, this is Moraine. Yet one shall be born to face the shadow. Born once more, as he was born before, and shall be born again, time without end. The dag- dragon shall be reborn, and there shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth at his rebirth. In sackcloth and ashes shall he clothe his people, and he shall break the world again by his coming, tearing apart all ties that bind. Like the unfettered dawn shall he blind us and burn us. Yet shall the dragon reborn confront the shadow in the last battle, and his blood shall give the- us the light. Let tears flow, O ye people of the world. <laughs> Weep for your salvation. And darling's light. Well, that's ominous. <laughs> yeah, it's really funny. Like, yeah, so about those trading rights. <laughs> yeah, oh, man. Oh. This is great. And so Egwene's like, 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 okay, he, he's going to break the seals of the Dark One's prison. And Moraine's like, yeah, he's going to break everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because, like, every time, like, someone speaks up and, like, has a thing and she's got another line from the <laughs> Caribbean cycle that she responds with. Yeah. Oh, like, it's, yeah, it's like she's been studying this, this, this prophecy her whole life. And, man, this is when she delivers. <laughs> yep. That was great. Kind of pattern shit. Right. Uh, and so, Warren, uh, it appears, is on Rand's side. Like, hell yeah, you know, burn it down. Let's do it. Which is kind of awesome. And Egwene then is still trying to argue her case. She says this is like, you know, like pre-World War Europe. All these alliances are just going to be brittle and going to lead to a much larger war. And also, what about the Shanshan? And Rand does not have a good answer for that. Yeah, I mean, like, the, once they get into these practical, practical concerns, it doesn't seem as, like stupid and bullshit right like that like that this is a legit thing you know so he's like okay we'll put in a clause where the sean chan don't sign nobody has to sign because fuck the sean chan right yeah yeah uh which and he's like i'll, I'll get him to sign it but we saw how that went last time yeah, yeah uh, super great well last time he was uh surrounded by like a 
like a tangible shadows, right? Like they were sure, like yeah. he had a, a, an aura of darkness people. or something. Yeah. But on the other hand, last time they brought a Forsaken to the fight who burned off his hand. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. That... So, you know, mistakes on both sides. Right, <laughs> right. right. Time, time for a reset, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh... But before they can get into that, uh, Avienda steps in and says, okay, here's the boon. You have to put the Aiel in the document. Yeah, so this is this is Avienda's play to save the Aiel, to have them included in the Dragon's Peace, because in her vision, they were not they were an exception to the Dragon's Peace, right? Yeah, because they, they, they're not in the document, and he's like, "Well, yeah, I don't need you guys to be in the document. You guys are you guys are great." Yeah, but thank God, Perrin shows up with a blacksmithing analogy. <laughs> <laughs> right, <He> does. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> <laughs> the Aiel tool, you know, takes, if a tool gets set aside, it gets rusty. Yeah, you got, you got to give him something to do. You can't just leave him. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually, yeah, and Rand's like, yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. That's a good analogy. He's like, what are you talking about? I just want to talk about tools. <laughs> yeah, he's just talking about blacksmithing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I do actually think this is a pretty brilliant observation. Like uh, the way, if we think about the way Avienda, Avienda was thinking and feeling during her wise one testing or whatever, um, you know, when she kept being punished by giving being given pointless work like it, it kind of reveals the Aiel culture of needing to have like a, a use or needing to have something that's productive or helpful right yeah yeah they, mm. that's why they've sat around for 3,000 years training right and the, and it, it's also what happened to the Shido once they were like stuck in that town doing nothing they all started kind of like collapsing and falling apart yeah good without their their uh so he's right yeah. so Rand comes up with the the plan for them is they are going to be the enforcers of the agreement uh they well, if if there anybody crosses the agreement, the Iowa will judge them and they will uh, exact punishments. They will uh, do the war that other people aren't allowed to do or something. Which this, is a weird choice. This is, yeah, I think this is a really bad idea. Because the, like, the last 13 books have set up that the Aiel have a culture that, and value system, which is very, very different from exactly. everybody else's. Yeah. Yeah, he actually says, like, uh, you know, there, it's you're going to enforce justice the way, you, you know, your own way, the way you see it. Well. And we know that they do not see things anything like the, uh, that anybody else does. Well, yeah. he, he does make the point, he, he or Elaine, I think, it's, I think it's he who says it, that, this should be something that they, they think about before they decide to involve the Aiel. Like, that the Aiel will do justice not the way that they want, that, that you might want, but the way that they think. So consider that before you decide, I'm going to, like, you know, bring the Aiel on in this. Yeah, I guess so. But that's sort of like, like you call in the Aiel and they may kill you and your, and your whole city. Or they may, you know, make the other people pay a tithe. Yeah. Like... So they, you really got to mean it, right? Don't, don't call in unless yeah, you're... Yeah, it's weird. It also... I don't think there's anything magical about the Aiel's ability to, like, be impartial judges. Yeah. They're the only ones with the military. They're a warrior society. They yeah. do, well, but they have a really rigid honor system, right? Like, they, they, they do have, like, a really strong sense of justice. Like, okay. you can't bribe Aiel, really, okay, right? Okay, so there, there are two things that are special about the Aiel, I think, that make them different from other people. And one is that they uh, derive from, like, these, I don't know, genetically engineered gardeners or whatever they were originally, the servants who had, like who are super tall and, and effective and had magic powers, right? Sort of, yeah. The other thing is that their culture was built around Ruidian, which kept, like, training a new generation of effectively leaders in the, like, the history and culture of the Aiel forever. And that was, like, a machine that never changed so that their culture never changed, right? That's what kept them the same forever. Mm-hmm. That's kept them in the waste fighting forever. But that's gone. That's done, right? Yeah. They, they, they've extended their purpose. So now their culture is 
they're not necessarily going to be the ultimate warrior culture ever again, right? The next generation is not going to grow up like the previous generation did. Well, I mean, I think I think his thinking is that by letting them keep their society and keeping keep their 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 structures, they'll keep doing the same things where they're like training all the time because they're they just have a different job now, which is still military, right? Maybe, but one of, one of the real world analogs for the Aiel, and, and they're sort of a a hodgepodge, like an amalgam of a bunch of different things, is the the steppe people, right? The Mongols and the Huns and like these waves of, of like super warriors that came out of the steppe and killed everybody periodically throughout history. Mm-hmm. But what would always happen is they would basically raise a generation of, of really great warriors on the steppe and living on the steppe sucks a lot. So they would go conquer somewhere else and start living there. And the next generation would be not cool warriors anymore. They'd mm-hmm. be like just normal agricultural people living in the area they conquered just like the people they just conquered mm-hmm. so like the ne- the second generation and the third generation were totally different from the original generations of, of the warriors that's like this this notable thing that happened forever and I and I think that's kind of inevitable for the Aiel this is exactly what's happening to them yeah all, well all I could think is that even though this is meant to save the Aiel I could I could see this turning into a situation where the Aiel end up in the same situation because if the Shan Shan break the peace and the Aiel are it's their job to to stop them, and mm. the same thing happens, right? The Aiel get ground to dust against the Shanshan, mm, yeah. and that seems pretty likely based on what we know about the Shanshan. Yeah, but it's sort of—I guess it's a butterfly effect thing, like you said earlier. So like this this changes the deal. So maybe the Shanshan will be into the deal now, or yeah, it's a chance. It's it's a chance for to change things for sure. And the Shanshan is super honor bound too. So maybe if they get in on this, and the Aiel are the enforcers, then they won't try and kill all the Aiel. Yeah, because they're part of the system. Yeah. We'll get to the Shanshan later. There's more more about the Shanshan that I, I yeah. want to talk about, but anyway, this yeah. is this is the plan. Yeah, uh, and I think this is yeah, it's interesting. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, because um, Moraine also has some notes. <laughs> she does. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, uh, uh, she she talks Rand into appointing someone else, the Supreme Commander, not himself, which I thought was a little meaningless because I mean he's not he wasn't going to do that himself. Matt was going to do it. Well, right, I, that, like it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, she makes a legit point. Like, you're not going to command. She's, you're not going to command the armies while you're sword fighting the dark one or whatever it is you're going to do. Right? <laughs> you know, um, she says it a little less disdainfully. Than <laughs> right, right. She uh, said, rolling her eyes and making air quotes, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and just you know, snorting. <laughs> um, but but yeah, I mean, like one hand jacking off. <laughs> right, right. Um, but yeah, picking a general who's. Uh, you know, going to take things over makes sense, um, and absolutely, Matt would be the the obvious choice for this, right? Like, she he has a general who's like, like staunchly loyal, who uh, has like a, a good sense of honor, even if he's a little like you know jack jack coffee about it, and has thousands of years of military experience in his brain, right? Yeah, like. Yeah, I don't he's, know. He's the guy. If he's not involved at a high level, what are these people even doing? Is yeah. it Thomas Jefferson? what I don't know it makes me think of the Hamilton when they introduced uh, Thomas Jefferson you haven't met him yet you haven't had the chance because he's been kicking ass as the ambassador to France (laughs) (laughs) got him yeah I guess he's the only major person not at this meeting yeah yeah, and we don't know why. I, well, do we? Perrin has a vision of him. Right. He's like on a horse, like digging around with something. Yeah, he's like trying to, he's fiddling with some something, some gadget or something, which I don't know what that is. I don't know where he is. Yeah. Because he was with Maureen. Yeah, that's the last we saw of him. He was hanging out with Maureen, trying not to look as she smooched with Tom. Right. So I'm surprised that he's not here uh, for whatever reason. So he must be yeah. on something. 
But anyway, yeah, so she says it can't be you because you're going to be busy. And he's like, <laughs> busy? <laughs> yeah. And then she drops another bomb. Yeah, Egwene gets to break the seals, which, yeah. right. I mean, uh, I don't know. You know, like, Egwene wants to be in control, so uh, let her be in control, because no. Moraine's really in the pattern shit, right? Like, she, she believes in the pattern. She believes that things are going to happen the way that they're meant to. So, yeah, and I guess, I mean... Like, well, yes and no. And she, right? gives, like, and she gives her like the, the prophecy talk. Like, you know, this is the right thing to do. You dreamed it. You know, like, like she she's convincing Egwene too at the same time. I guess she is. Yeah, and she is. It is sort of a compromise that Egwene gets to break it. But the the bit where Egwene says, "Sure, I'll break them when I feel it's necessary." Ugh. Like, ah, oh, that's not reassuring at all, Egwene. No, but. I, I think that also the pattern is going to, like, lean on Egwene somehow, you know what I mean? You're like, probably right. Like, I, uh, I know Moraine's a very, I don't know, was it, like, a fatalist or something? Like, she, she believes that this, this pattern does its, does its thing regardless of what we want. Mm-hmm. So, if you, and, and she's right a lot, right? Like, like, it's hard to say that she's been wrong about any of these things. Well, I guess it's a philosophical question, right? right. Like, will, the, will this stuff happen if you don't struggle for it? Or does this, or do you have to struggle for this stuff to happen? But it will happen if you if you do if you struggle. Uh, it's an interesting question. Like, like if everybody here just said, "Well, let's go sit in the sweat tent and drink wine," and then forever. Yeah. Will will would that be bad, or will the pattern find a way to make this stuff happen? Yeah. Suddenly, the the dark ones, you know, uh, weakness is a bunch of people sitting in sweat tents. Yeah. I, wine. Oh, they're yeah. so sweaty. It's so gross. Yeah. Oh, I don't want <laughs> close, close me up. Close the prison. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want this world anymore. Fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> Smelly, sweaty people. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. But it does get Egwene on board. Yeah, Egwene is the first one to sign. Yeah. And everybody else, all the people on her side sign too. So everybody signs. Yeah. Very declaration of independency. But as they're doing it, Fayil points out the big flaming de- demon elephant in the room, which is that if the Shanshan sign, do they get to keep their empire? And do they get to keep being slavers? Because, yeah. come on. I'm glad cool somebody said it. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, what about them? Yeah, and uh, and, and Roar is like, well, we were going to go kill them all. That was our plan. So uh, yeah, what about that? And Rand says, well, you know, I was gonna, I'll deal with them. I was gonna destroy them before. I guess I can do it again, but um, we'll call that a dragon problem. <laughs> but, yeah, but, but, but yeah, I don't know. And he's like, well, I'm gonna, I guess I'll destroy them. Or and they're like, can you do that? And he's like, well, maybe. Uh, but also, I'll get him to sign. And you know, and he actually says about the slaves. What's done is done. I know. I do. I was not uh, okay with this. I did not like this answer. Come on, no, man. No, 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 like, no. I'll try and persuade him to back down, but, you know, if they yeah, say this, no, this oh, well. Is, these, those people are alive. They are being held in slavery right now. It's yeah. being done. Yeah, what's done is not done. <laughs> it needs to be undone, you know? So, so this, what this made me think of is the Constitution of the United States of America, right? Which yeah. was... The three-fifths like, compromise. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Like accepting slavery as as an existing law of the land that they, they're not going to do anything about. Yeah. yeah. I, I I was not, not super happy about this. And then, once again, just like all the other things we, we talked about, this led to a giant war. So, hopefully the Shanshan lose that war, just yeah. like the, the the real world Shanshan lost it in the U.S. Civil War. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the Shanshan have that accent, don't they? Uh-huh. Oh, wow. yeah. I hadn't made that connection. I didn't either until just now. Huh. Yikes. So, uh, oh, also, uh, sorry, we can't forget that uh, Rand, so Elaine is last to sign, and Rand is like, if you sign, I'll let you be the general of all the armies. I was like, 
What? <laughs> yeah. What, what? No. This is such a. This is such a bad okay, choice. Okay, Rand. Make a list of the people in this room in order of who should be in charge of all the armies of the world. And Elaine is pretty close to the bottom. Yeah. Right. Like I, oh I my put Rodran ahead of for her for so many reasons. Like she's not a general. She's she's. Oh God. Her military experiences mostly involves her like charging in solo. Right. Like if he puts her in charge. I'm waiting for that scene where she's like riding a, sorry, lowercase d, dragon into battle. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm invincible, bitches! Pachow, pachow! <laughs> oh, yeah, God. Uh, I mean, yeah, let's put your baby mama in charge. Good idea, dude. It is. Not, not good optics, as they say. Yeah. And she doesn't even, she doesn't have a good general anymore, right? Yeah. Wayne no. took her, her best general, and even her brother, trained as the first prince of the sword, works for Egwene now. Yeah. Yeah. I, who's her Who's her guy? Yeah. Like, like, like Randy's like, oh, she, she'll rely on the great captains of the world. Why not put a great cat, one of the great captains in charge? Yeah. Why not put Matt in charge? Yeah, right? Right. Oh, my God. Matt yeah. or Davron Bashir or yeah. Gareth Bryan? There are a lot of very good options. You've got today. guys, right? I, I think, is Iteralde here? Iteralde's up north right now, I think. Well, still. because the king He's of, still in the borderlands, The right? king of Arafel or wherever he's from, Eredoman is here. Right. Right. But so many other choices besides a pregnant 18-year-old. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, like, I hate to say it, but they're like, she's too young, she's too ex- inexperienced. It's like, yeah, kind of, right? Like, yeah, I don't know. He, he, he makes some argument about how she's, uh, she was bred to be a leader, but, like, that's literally true of every king in this room, right? Are, are, isn't she about to go into labor soon? Really soon. Almost, yeah, yeah any minute now. Okay, okay. So yeah, yeah. Not the, those the last okay. parts of this were not did not make me very happy. Yeah, absolutely not. The Elaine thing and the Shan Shan thing. Not happy with where those landed. Okay, but it, you know it's a compromise, and these things are always compromises. Yeah, and then and everyone signed in the end. That's the important thing, right? And you know, if it, if it holds for fifty years, then that's pretty good, I guess. Yeah, and you know, next up on Rand's to do list is the Shan Shan. So. Hopefully we'll get some resolution there that doesn't make us miserable. We'll see how it goes. Uh, yeah, I hope he uses all the Terran Grails in the world and just fries them all. Yeah, I mean, he, he's, well, he's really good at Balefire, you know? Remember like, that thing he did where he made that lightning that, that flew through the whole Stone of Tear and killed all the Trollocs? And, and didn't like, hurt anyone else? Yeah. Yeah, do that. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <sighs> okay, but that was a great chapter. I thought it was really fun to read. Oh, but it's not done yet. No, it's yeah. not. Because Rand's like, before we go, I want to help a friend out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's time to, to, put, to, to bro out. So we cut to Lan, who is fighting desperate losing action at, uh, what's it called? Tarmon's Gap? Shit. Tarwin's Gap. At Tarwin's Gap yeah. against the hordes of Trollocs, and they've been falling back. Yeah. And he realizes that the day is lost, as they always knew it would be, because this is what it's all about to be a Malkiri. Yeah. As they pull back for one last charge. One last charge. And, they, and they're all like, yeah, we're going to charge in there and all die. Who's with me? And they're like, me, I'm with you. We're all with you. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah. he's got like this one buddy there, like, who's like, I, I can't even hold a weapon because I'm holding my guts in with my hand. And dear. And, and yeah, and Lan's like, well, uh, well, why are you charging with us? And he's like, well, it's not going to make any difference, right? I'm just going to charge with no weapon. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like, you know how uh, how Rand courts death, like a, a, a whatever, a man Maiden courts, courts a suitor. Right. Suitor courts so, <laughs> yeah, you know, he's on his third date, and uh, they're at dinner. He has a really good feeling about, like, what, what it means that they're going back to this place to watch Netflix later, you know? Yeah, yeah, like, that's where he is on this nice morning death thing. Right? Yeah. yeah, he's going to court death like a toddler courts a ball pit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, in, in tactical terms, they're not not doing great. They've lost more than half of their initial force and a lot of ground. But yeah, but like yeah. you said, it's it's go time. Yeah, awesome. So they stay. The the golden crane flies, uh, and it's interspersed with the oath that Malkiris 
Yeah, take, they, yeah. They, they take when they're like children or something. It's or whatever. very, very dramatic. It's Super great. cool. And right before the, as the charge is in motion, like the gateways open up all around them, and the armies of the borderlands pour through, and, and to charge with them. Like I guess they knew what was going on because they're all ready to charge. Rohan. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's yeah. a cynical part of me that was like. Oh, that timing is very interesting, huh? They're just ready to go, huh? Okay, yeah, cool, I mean, cool, I mean, sure, sure. I mean, but you know what? <laughs> I suspend my disbelief and enjoy the scene immensely. Yeah, yeah. They, they pour through the gaps, and all of a sudden, it's not just it's not just the Malkiri charging against the endless hordes. It's all the Borderlanders together, Rah! And Ashaman there to heal people. Absolutely, Ashaman there to heal people, and the Ashaman start like killing everybody, and really, all these horse charging guys kind of don't really matter because the Ashaman are here. <laughs> right. I mean, like, remember that one time when, like, 100,000 Trollocs attacked and Ran fixed it by itself? <laughs> yeah. It's so fine. It's fine. It's fine. Whatever. It's, it's about the principle of the thing. Right, right. Yeah, and so the Trollocs start exploding, and all of a sudden, it looks like a winnable fight, and uh, super cool, very epic. And, and Lan laughs. Lan smiles yes. and laughs. Which I assume scares the Trollocs more than anything. <laughs> yeah. Have we ever seen Land Smile Laugh before? I don't it think so. falls like gravel over stony plains of... That's right. He laughs like <laughs> a boulder rolling down a mountain or something. <laughs> uh, there's one uh, great line. It was actually, uh, I think it's Andir who says it uh, during the, that last charge. And it's, uh, it's totally a callback line. We've already moved the mountain. Let's budge this feather and be through with it. I was like, oh, that's great. That's good. Yeah. Land likes that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's Land's thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it makes no sense. Like, I, I wish they'd show, like, one of the guys coming through the gateway for the first time that doesn't realize he's going into a charge against the wall. <laughs> oh, no, oh, <laughs> yeah. guys, guys. Oh, oh, okay, 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 we're doing this now. <laughs> oh, pass the word back. We're going, guys. <laughs> Everyone uh, blow the horn things. We're, we're, we're doing it now. It's go time. <laughs> Uh, but it's cool. It's great. This is a great scene. And, and uh, you know, after the buildup of of uh, land riding across the the north, um, building the army, like the the fight of the golden crane thing, like this is such a good payoff. Oh God, made me happy. Yeah, really liked it. Agreed. Anything else? Mm-mm. No, it's it's uh, that's a that that was a that was a great chapter. Like that like that whole chapter was pretty solid. I, yeah, I would say that, awesome. that that arc was pretty awesome. Like even the stuff I'm frustrated with, like the you know, how they dealt with the Shanshan and all the politicking going on. I mean, it, it worked. Like it was really compelling. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, agreed. Because Brandon Sanderson's the closer. He's the closer. It it happened. He did it. He yeah. did the thing. Oh yeah, he's 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 putting a bow on it. It's <laughs> yeah. a really nice bow too. I'm enjoying this bow. Yeah, and yeah, even though I don't think Elaine should be in charge, you know, commander in chief of the forces, but she should somebody absolutely is, you know? yeah. yeah. Yeah, things happening. All right. So that's it for this episode. Next time we're gonna cover chapters seven through ten of A Memory of Light, book fourteen of the Wheel of Time. I am Jeff Lake, that's Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter. I'm Alice Sullivan, that's Blue Bennett Cafe on Instagram. I'm Michael Sparkman, I still don't have one of those. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please drop us a line at hello at armadillo.club. We love hearing from you. Please share us with anybody you think will like us. Please give us good reviews wherever you got this. Please find out how you can give us your dollars at armadillo.club. Please like us in real life. We're just so likable. Until next time. The, the light, light illumined you. you.